Welcome to Do It For The Gram and Enneagram podcast with your host, certified Enneagram coach, Milton Stewart, where we do it for the Enneagram, not Instagram. We make moves to improve our lives and those in our community. Today, we're ending the series on growth work and we're ending it with the Enneagram type seven. Thank you, sevens, for waiting for this moment. I know it has been a while. So if this episode doesn't make your ego kind of like shrink or get really defensive and be like, ooh, I know he's not talking to me like that or I don't do that. That's not me. Ooh, this may not be your number. But then again, it could be. But make sure you don't freak out. You just relax because growth happens when we relax. All right, let's go intro music. Kick it. As you know, if you've been listening to the other Growth Work episodes, this information is going to come from majority of a book from Ginger Lapid-Bogda, my Enneagram teacher, called The Art of Typing. So the general description, which this is how I'm kind of starting these episodes off a little bit different. I'm going to talk about the focus and the attention of the type. So for the Enneagram 7, the attention and the focus of this type is that they will pick up and gravitate towards fun and excitement. Where the party at, basically? So when a seven walks into a room, part of their attention naturally gravitates to what could be fun, what could be exciting. So they're just, it's just kind of natural going on like, hmm, that could be fun. Oh, look, that looks exciting. And so that is what the seven's mind and eyes are naturally focusing and finding with the attention. False identity. So the false identity is basically what the number falls into and is chasing and the ego is chasing it in a way that's not going to ever get what it really needs, but it's chasing that and it wants that false thing. And so for the Enneagram 7, the false identity is false freedom. So for the Enneagram 7, there's this internal want, this ego longing for this thing called freedom. And by freedom, this false freedom is just a wanting to, in a sense, be free, meaning you can do whatever you want, anytime you want, however you want, those type of things, but still trying to be fulfilled. And the thing about the false freedom for the Enneagram 7 is that it never gets a 7 to being fulfilled or free. It actually does the opposite. It can be more of a trap for a 7 than anything because that false freedom is just basically wanting to do anything and everything all the time, which is impossible because this world actually does have limits and you do have to choose certain things and you're not going to find completeness when you're always up on the go and always everywhere and always doing something and not diving deep into certain things in life. So the worldview, the worldview for the Enneagram 7 is the world lacks a bigger plan full of possibilities. I must generate these. So the seven's mind is incredibly fast. In the Enneagram, it is typically the fastest moving mind of the Enneagram, but that doesn't necessarily mean like it's like, oh, I come up with a quick answer, I come up with this, great. Sometimes it moves so fast that 
actually, it can be really hard for a seven to focus a lot of times on work and on certain things because they're always thinking about the next thing or they're planning something to come up. And that's the wanting to escape for the whole false freedom thing, wanting to be there, wanting to be everywhere, always wanting to be on the go. And it's wanting to make something grand, something huge, something large, something amazing. The upside to this is that the world does need bigger plans. It does need somebody to think of something so incredibly optimistic that can and will happen, that people will pursue. That is the best part about it. The downside is that in this greater scheme and this greater plan, a lot of times sevens do not put all of the details and realistic components together in order to make it work. That's the issue. It's more of um, not a delusion of grandeur, but it's just an idea of grandeur. And it lacks a lot of times the details and the fine points to actually make it come true because sevens are excited about the generation of the idea and it coming to them. And then the next part about them must being able to generate it. It means that the seven is constantly jumping from, I have to plan, I have to make, I have to create, I have to do this, I have to keep, stay stimulated by something. I must stay stimulated and excited about something. So I must keep going on. And the issue with the seven is that once those plans become boring to the seven, they're gone and they're moving on. And so they really didn't build much. They built something, but it was not nearly as near to the plan that they thought in their head. Does your workplace stink because the culture sucks? Are you tired of tolerating people and wish you could all work together cohesively? Does the mere idea of going into work give you anxiety? If you say yes to any one of these, you should probably quit your job. But since you're not going to quit your job, you should contact Kaizen Careers. At Kaizen Careers, we are all about improving workplace performance. We use a unique tool called the Enneagram. The Enneagram helps individuals and organizations become more self-aware. That self-awareness lends into helping organizations with communication, conflict management, and leadership development, ultimately turning self-awareness into self-mastery and creating healthy workplace cultures so you can improve your services and bottom lines. Contact Kaizen Careers at K-A-I-Z-E-N-C-A-R-E-E-R-S.com or Milton at KaizenCareers.com or give us a call at 901-334-1644. Next, the ego ideal. So the ego ideal of the seven is the joyful person, always optimistic and enthusiastic, never trapped or pessimistic. So the ego ideal for the seven is that joy is want to be happy. I'm always happy. I have to show people that I'm the happy person. I'm the funny person. I'm the, the smile. I'm the party person or I'm the excited person. I'm the stimulated person. This becomes a huge issue for sevens, especially growing up and even just grown because the joyful person can sometimes be the funny person or the light hearted person. In a lot of situations, some people only know you for your ego ideal, which is a problem because when that happens, People are looking for you to be their comedy relief and just be that lighthearted person, but rarely are able to take you serious and do not see you as grounded. So as an Enneagram 7, only being the joyful person can be cumbersome. And so it means being always optimistic and enthusiastic 
It is fascinating because people really think that it's completely you all the time. So you actually have to show people more of your serious side, more of your honest emotional side. And that's a whole growth process we'll talk about later. But it's very important because sevens never want to feel trapped. And so that's the ego making its way to say, oh, I'm free. Let me go book a flight. Oh, I'm free. I'm going to go here. Oh, I'm free. I'm not going to stay in this relationship. All these different things that a seven can do in order for the ego to not feel like it's being trapped or pessimistic. But the truth is, a seven can be very pessimistic, especially under stress. And especially when that six wing kick in hardcore on the the lower side of it, the pessimism can come in hardcore. Worst case scenario thinking for a seven can come in hardcore. They may not say it outright necessarily, but it is going on in the head. Sevens can be trapped and it feels horrible and it's tough to manage and feel, but it's not like they're never trapped. And sometimes being trapped is not being trapped, it's being committed. So that can be tricky for Enneagram 7 for sure. The unmet longing for the Enneagram 7 is to feel complete, whole, and solid. So as an Enneagram 7, this is something that I didn't fully realize until I felt it. I felt it when I was training at um, Ginger's Enneagram and Business Network coaching certification program, and I had never felt more complete, whole, and solid than I did when I was at that training. It is an amazing feeling, and it is a rare feeling. It was amazing to get there because I didn't even know I was longing for that. And so when I finally felt that internally, there was just this, I don't know how I described it, but it was just this peaceful joy. That's the best way I can describe it. It wasn't nervy, bra- um, nervy, overly excited, brazzy, um, you know, like just really, really buzzy. Yeah, I guess this is like a buzzy type of joy. Like, oh my goodness, they're doing all this. It was a real peaceful joy. It was so calm. There wasn't anxiety. I wasn't trying to put on a show. I wasn't trying to make people laugh. I was just genuinely content peaceful and joyful at the same time. That feeling came from being able to encapsulate the negative, the uncomfortable emotions and feelings all within myself while still loving myself and being present at the same time, which that's all difficult things to do for Enneagram 7, definitely. So those things came together at that training for me. And that was one of the few times I've ever felt complete, whole, and solid. And so that is what Enneagram 7s really want. Um, though sometimes they may not know that because they're searching for something to stimulate them. And that's where the gluttony comes from because they're always trying to feel themselves with something. And so that gluttony of constantly filling yourself with stuff that does not actually fill you up keeps a seven going. And that's the ego's idea of trying to get what it wants to be full by constantly being a glutton with experiences and different things, but never truly getting to where it needs to get to in order to make a seven feel complete, whole, um, and solid. And that only can come from inside. Thirst and avoidance. Enneagram sevens thirst for stimulation and pleasure. Sevens, this is so true. If you ever noticed it, when you get excited, I mean, there is no stopping you from doing what you're going to do or whatever it is. Even if it's a project or something, the energy that sevens get from being stimulated and excited, they can build. If the energy and the stimulation lasted, they could build the Tower of Pisa or um, the Empire State Building or something. They could build all these things with that energy because they can go nonstop on that energy. The issue is that energy doesn't last an unlimited amount of time. It's until they're no longer stimulated by it. Then it's like, oh, moving on, next thing. 
Enneagram 7s avoid pain, discomfort, and limitations. The one thing about Enneagram 7s, when I say pain, for a lot of Enneagram 7s that I know personally, it is not necessarily pain outwardly about the external. It's not the physical pain that sevens are really afraid of for the most part, especially sevens with eight wings, who would have a heavier eight wing, let me say that, or stronger, more developed eight wing, because they have the tough, I'm not scared, da, 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 all this kind of junk. But the truth is the internal pain is what they're really afraid of. The internal pain of dealing with those things that are sad, those things that are uncomfortable, and the discomfort of those emotions that do not feel good, or exciting, or joyful. And they also avoid limitations. So if you ever are working with the seven and there comes a point where someone tries to put a limit on a seven where they feel like they are encapsulated, a seven will do their best to escape. And I tell you, sevens are great escape artists. They use laughter sometimes. They can use physical movement sometimes. They can use a lot of different things. They can use charm. There's a lot of things Enneagram 7s can do to escape an uncomfortable and discomforting place area in their lives or a limitation that they have or feel like it's being placed on them. They will find a way to escape. There is no doubt until they work on growth. Thought pattern. The thought pattern for the Enneagram 7, which is also the fixation, is planning. The mental process through which the mind goes into hypergear by moving in rapid succession from one thing to another. And so this is what happens inside the Enneagram 7's mind when things are starting to get a little rough. They're starting to get um, a little uncomfortable. The 7's mind starts to bounce back and forth. It goes from idea to idea to idea to planning to the next thing to the next thing, connecting the most random things in the world in their minds, but it's going super fast. And a lot of times that mind is in the future. It is not present at all. It's not really thinking about the past necessarily. It is in the future. And it's super fast because it's just bouncing from one thing to the next. And so also the one thing about the fixation of planning, I struggle with using fixation and as a thought pattern and fixation for the seven, because it's confusing when you talk about the Enneagram six, because six is plan as well. I think the best wording I've found so far for the fixation is a futuristic ideation or like a rapid ideation kind of deal. And I say rapid ideation because a lot of times it is just these brilliant great, wonderful, amazing, stimulating, exciting, enthusiastic, you know, over the moon, awesome type of ideas. It's this constant ideation of creating more and more ideas. And I think that's a better way because when I think of plan, I also think of the steps that involve to get to the thing. And a lot of times sevens aren't planning all of the small details to get there. They're looking at the big picture and the finished product and the positive outcome. And they're like, oh yeah, that could be amazing. That could be created. That could be done. Or this could connect to that. Oh, what if I did that? Oh my goodness, I'm thinking of this. And so in my opinion, it's not necessarily, I think the definition I grew up thinking of planning. I think sixes actually do more planning per se, meaning like detail strategically than the word uses here. But that's just my own thing. Emotional pattern, which is the vice or the passion, which we talked about earlier, is gluttony. 
So gluttony is the insatiable, unrelenting thirst for new stimulation of all kinds, food, people, experience, ideas, and excitement. So this right here is where the seven really gets in trouble. And this is a reason why sevens are usually the personality that get the addicted most, who get addicted to different things most. You may see a lot of different sevens, maybe in AA and different programs like that, because they're looking for something to satisfy that feeling of emptiness inside by filling it with all of these random things, with different types of food, people, experiences, ideas, excitement. Seven stay on the go. In all honesty, if they're on the go too much and they're not staying grounded, it's unhealthy. Even if they're doing like these amazing things, I'm visiting this place, I'm doing this, look at my pictures, great, but are you being grounded and loving yourself and finding who you really are? Because it's easy for a seven to bounce around and because our society is so predicated on everybody looking uh, and appearing happy and joyful, sevens look like, man, these people are doing amazing, they're doing the most with their lives. But the issue is a lot of times, that's just a cover. And the worst part about it is that cover is part of their natural personality, which becomes even tougher. When it comes to the Enneagram 7, be careful because remember, this is an emotional pattern of vice or passion. So when gluttony hits, it's not just we may still be thinking of, oh, they're trying to satisfy some feeling within inside them as in like hunger still. There's still this connection mentally with it. But the truth, to be honest, this gluttony is emotional. And this becomes the tricky part because sevens are emotionally repressed. Um, that's their center that's emotionally repressed and they have to get to. So gluttony is the issue. So they can start to try to fill themselves up with any and everything that they can find that maybe they're interested in to fill that gap. But nothing will feel that that they're looking for outside of themselves. And that becomes the trickiest part for the Enneagram 7, that emotional part of being able to stay stimulated, nurture themselves by trying to stay stimulated and on the go all the time. Because honestly, that's a seven's way a lot of times of nurturing themselves is by being on the go, excited, stimulated by consuming all these different things in their lives. And so sevens, beware and be careful of that because that is a dangerous way to live life, even though it looks great on the surface. The path to integration, tears and fears. So for the Enneagram seven, in order for you to integrate your three centers, which is your head, your heart and your body, Sevens have to go towards their fear. And that fear, a lot of times, is something that is emotionally uncomfortable, something that is internally painful, um, and something that really hurts. And to be honest, it's something that's going to bring tears. Typically, generally, before sevens grow or certain experiences in their lives, sevens don't usually resonate too much with being able to cry or show tears. And it's like an issue. It's like, even if they do cry, it's like, oh my goodness, I don't want you to see me cry. I can't be crying, you know? And it's like kind of a thing where it's kind of an issue where it's not like, yeah, these are tears because I'm moved by this or I'm hurt or I'm uncomfortable. But tears symbolize something for sevens that's like, oh no, I don't want this. I, I, I don't want to feel like this. I, I, I don't like this. And so for the path to integration is actually to go towards those tears and to let them go and to let them fly. Allow yourself to cry. We all have tear ducts and we were given them for a reason because tears enable us to unlock some of the pain that we have within ourselves. 
tears allow us to feel deeply for things that may be uncomfortable or things that we're just extremely grateful for. And so those things are going to be super important because when a seven can get to their emotional center, when they can get to their heart, everything else comes into play. The seven's already in the thinking triad and sevens usually move before they think, even though their brain is super fast. So as soon as the thought is already moving. So when they integrate the emotional center, now they can check in with all three centers. And the thing about checking in with your fears and allowing them to be tears allows the Enneagram 7 to slow down. And the thing about the Enneagram 7 that is so important is slowing down. Sevens move so fast. The mind moves fast. The body moves fast. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're everywhere. And they're doing everything. And they're invited to do everything because they're fun. And not only are they fun, they're pretty good at everything. And so, and maybe not great, but they're pretty good at most things. But the thing is, it slows them down so they can make a choice that actually does fulfill a deep part of them that is way more than just a fling of stimulation or excitement or enthusiasm that comes from certain experiences or certain events. But they go to things that are heavier, deeper. They actually want to be there and they just go further with it. The path to growth. Turn the smile upside down. So this is um, an interesting one. So I said, turn that smile upside down. And I say that because what I mean by this is that we as Enneagram 7s, you have to be prepared to be truthful and honest and not always put on a smiling, happy face and when you're not happy, when you're not smiling, and when you're not dealing with something. So when I say put a frown on your face, I don't mean always be sad. No, that's not going to work for a seven. It's just not. And that's just not, you know, how we're wired and how life is. But what you have to do is be able to be more comfortable with sorrow, with the sadder things in life. That's going to bring an emotional balance to the Enneagram 7's life. A lot of times the 7 is stuck in la-la land, stuck in fun, optimistic view. It is reframed and rationalized everything in their lives to be better. And in other people's lives around them, like, no, I can't be negative and you can't be negative either. So we're all going to be positive and optimistic and everything's going to be great. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. But that's just not true and that's not reality. And so when we're, when Enneagram 7s are like that, you're not truly able to be helpful to other people. You're not truly able to be healed and you cannot grow if you are not paying attention to those things that are sad and sorrowful and limiting in life that yes, they do suck for Enneagram 7 to acknowledge those things, but those things are going to be something that really helps you to grow when you recognize them because you recognize the value in every minute of life, not in the future, but the moment, the present moment you're in now. Practical ways to grow. As I say on every episode, Enneagram coach, I have one. Get an Enneagram coach. It is so important, Enneagram 7s. Oh my goodness, to get an Enneagram coach because we in coaching, counseling, therapy sessions can bounce from topic to topic and never go deep at all on anything. And we can distract and we can make people laugh and we can change the topic. We can do all these great things. But what an Enneagram coach can do is slow us down and pinpoint us and kind of nail us down to where we can't really escape out of what we're trying to do. So we have to face the music. We have to face ourselves in our internal shame, guilt, pain, whatever is inside that we haven't dealt with, they allow us to actually face it because we can. It just feels really hard to do and seems very difficult, but we can do it. 
And sevens, you can do that. And that's going to be able to really help you grow, even though that pain is really, really hard to deal with internally. All right. The next thing is be quiet. Make time for intentional silence. So, so much with the Enneagram 7 is going on in the mind. In our digital age, we have phones, we have TVs, we have tablets, we have watches. We have all these things that are distracting us from being present in the moment and realizing what's going on with ourselves and in our lives. And so for the Enneagram 7, silence is gold. And what I mean by intentional silence, it is the practice and the art of staying silent, not saying a word, not humming anything. It is best to not even have music around, just silent, just silence, pure silence. That helps Enneagram 7 kind of slow down the mind, slow down all that chatter and all that ideation going on in their head and really kind of process things and slow down and become present again because everything is distracting on top of the natural personality of the seven trying to escape any type of uncomfortable feelings. And so it's just a lot going on with the seven. And then they're usually moving. Then there's anxiety going on and all that unfun stuff. And so typically sevens are always saying something, listening to something, tapping on something, doing that. Intentional silence will be gold if you practice that. I usually practice intentional silence driving to work um, in my car. No music, nothing, just me and the road, just silent, not saying anything to myself, not singing, not humming, pure silence. Hopefully you have found some value in this podcast episode. You can help to keep this podcast going by supporting us on Patreon.com. Patreon.com is a site where you can support content providers. Podcasts are free to listeners, but not free for creators. It actually costs money and definitely time to produce consistent and weekly podcasts. I podcast because I want to reach people and change our community through the Enneagram. If you want to help in that by supporting me, you can go to patreon.com forward slash do it for the gram. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash do it for the gram. The next thing I would suggest for the Enneagram 7 is to bullet journal. Sometimes organization can be an issue for Enneagram 7s because 7s want to draw outside the lines. You give them a coloring book, it's like, yeah, this is great, but I want this person to have four arms and not two and your lines say they only have two arms. So I'm going to create these other two. And so what a bullet journal does, it allows a seven to have structure, but freedom at the same time. It is a blend of structure and freedom together. It's a beautiful thing because the seven can be as creative as they want with inside a structure that allows them to keep going forward. So that once again is the bullet journal. You can look it up online. There's videos on YouTube and I can't remember the YouTuber's name, but she it's like blue and yellow and it says good journals for ADHD mind because she has ADHD and it's really helpful for her because her mind bounces back and forth, back and forth, very similar to a seven and some sevens are ADHD. So it would be really helpful if you check that out, a bullet journal for you to help you organize your day in life. The next thing, breathing. Taking time to focus on breathing and breathing in and down. I kind of got this in and down thing from Helen Palmer at the conference. And I haven't found everything behind it just yet, but it's helped me tremendously, to be completely honest with you, because you probably say, how do I breathe in and down? What in the world does that mean? So when I say breathe in and down, I mean breathing, obviously, in your nose. But when you breathe out, you're technically breathing down. Think about breathing down into your body. And so what that does, that helps you to become 
more present with what's going on in your body. And a lot of times the center of your body, which is like right below your belly in there, your body, your intuition, your instinct, all those things that happen in the lower belly, that is where a lot of times anxiety can hold itself or tenseness. And so what you can do is when you start to able to breathe in and down and start to recognize the anxiety and the tightness, you can slowly work on releasing that. So taking a few moments to take maybe 10 breaths in and down and slowing down your heart rate, noticing your breath, noticing what's going on in your body, your pulse, all these things are going to make you present, slow down and be able to think more efficiently and effectively and not just a, a flurry of thoughts and ideas, but more calculated, strategic thoughts and ideas that align, that make sense, that go together and they just don't just bounce from one place to the other. Next, one thing that could help Enneagram 7s is reading a book. I mentor two Enneagram 7s. One's my nephew and one is a kid I work with from my school. And it is the most difficult thing for me to tell them to read one chapter of a book because they have to sit down, be still and focus. And so it is super important to find some type of task. And I would say read a book, find something you're interested in. And it doesn't have to be like reading, you know, for hours on end, because some sevens love reading hours on end. It's just their thing. But for a lot of sevens, it can be difficult to sit down and focus into just a practice of reading a book, meaning like maybe I read a chapter today or maybe I just read a page and a half, you know, but what that's going to do is help you to slow down, focus on something and become present with yourself and to be more integrated with yourself. Next, limit yourself. So sevens, you may want to take an inventory of all the things that you do. This would be very helpful. All the things you do, the things you've been invited to do. And find the things you can actually strike off that you don't really, really internally want to do. Not just what's exciting, but what in there do you really in your heart of heart wants to do? Because as a seven, I get invited to a lot of things. I get requests to join things and be a part of stuff. And it seems so stimulating. So, oh, that'd be cool. Oh, that'd be nice to do this. Oh, I've never done that. Oh, this experience. But it's not necessarily what I really want to do. And then I have to consider the time constraint and the energy use that it will put on me. So sevens, take an inventory and of what you're doing and say, hmm, is there some things that I actually need to cut out of this so that I can move forward and uh, actually focus on the things I want to? Because you're not going to get to what you really want because you're doing so many amazing, quote unquote, amazing things, but you're not really getting to the deep the things that really fulfill you. It's more just like a, like a, oh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm done with that. Oh, excited. I'm done with that. Oh, I'm excited. I got a new idea. I'm done with that. So you got to learn to say no and then start looking for things that you can get rid of instead of add. Sevens are really good at adding things to their lives. So as a seven, you got to get rid of, you got to get used to getting rid of things as well. Next, one question, sevens, you can ask yourself daily. What uncomfortable emotions am I avoiding today? So um, looking at that will help you to process your day, which will help you look a little bit in the past, obviously, but also help you to find and figure out, did I avoid some uncomfortable emotion? Because what I find as Enneagram 7 is that it's not just sad emotions and negative emotions that I that make me uncomfortable. I am uncomfortable with like, deeply loving, like connecting, empathy, longing type of emotions. And I've seen in other sevens where it's like 
the heart is just when when you it's been accessed it's like oh my goodness this physical feeling this felt sense in my body is uncomfortable because i'm not used to dealing with this and so that can be troubling for enneagram seven and so you have to work on making sure you process that uncomfortable emotion even if it's not negative it's just uncomfortable you have to work on processing that breathing understanding that so that you don't go and try to find something to distract yourself to keep you from actually growing and going through that emotion, allowing that emotion to sit on you for a while and then allowing it to pass so that you can grow through that process instead of hindering and stopping yourself by doing something that is going to distract you, help you escape or make you stimulate it. And so for the Enneagram sevens, you know, I am one. So it is so important because sevens have so much to offer. And uh, one thing that I did want to talk about in this episode before I go is that one of the things that people say is uh, Enneagram sevens are shallow. And I see a lot of sevens get really uh, kind of upset about that. Like, I'm not shallow. I can't believe you call me shallow. And, I, you know, as I grow and as I do this internal work, I realize I am as an Enneagram seven shallow. And many Enneagram sevens I see are actually shallow but not intentionally shallow. Shallow in the way that Enneagram 7, the personality by itself, bounces in so many different places, does so many different things that they go lightly into all these different things. They don't go deep. So it's only a shallow going into all these things. They shallow go into relationships. They shallow go into friendships. They shallow go into all these different events and things they go to. They just don't go deep. And so that's the personality of the seven. And that's why we want to get past the personality so we can make the choice of when we are being full seven and we're being super excited and we're lifting a room, we're using our energy to uplift people and we're bringing the joy, the fun and the, and the energy everywhere. We want to do that in a way that we choose to, not in a way that's automatic running from our ego because that does make us shallow. And I really challenge sevens to look at that and look in their lives. Have you been lightly dipping in things and then dipping out? Because that is basically the definition of being shallow. It's not intentional in the sense of the shallow that I think people usually use, but it's shallow to be completely honest. And so that's something to watch for. And that's why it's also important to choose the specific and important things you want to do so you can go deep in those things and you're not shallow. But besides that, like I said, sevens have so much to offer the world. Make sure that you are staying there, being grounded, and you're able to get to your emotions and love the people and be close to them. Not just make them happy, but make sure that you are loving and being able to be loved. It is so important for Enneagram sevens to be able to face their fears, to be able to get in touch with their hearts, and to be able to be uncomfortable and to be able to be vulnerable, to allow people to come close to us, to love us. Because a lot of times we are really good at keeping a certain distance with people who are friends or people who are uh, acquaintances. Because people befriend us really quickly, even though we're cool around them. A lot of times sevens haven't fully befriended them. So sevens, when you find those people who can love you, who you can trust, be able to love yourself enough to allow yourself to get to a level of emotional vulnerability so that you can grow. 
And it's not going to be, you know, full speed. You're just like, oh, I'm emotional. I can do this. It's going to be very hard. So if you're listening, you're not an Enneagram 7 and you're like, I want them to get to their emotions. Slow your roll. The 7 has to work on that. It is very uncomfortable and, and really painful for Enneagram 7 a lot of times to get to a really emotional, vulnerable state with someone. So take your time with that. But Enneagram 7, fears and tears. Recognize what you fear. And don't be afraid to learn more about it and face it. And don't be afraid to cry and get to your emotional area because that's going to bring a realness and a presence to life where you can really be in touch with who you are and really be in touch and love people where they are. So that's all I have for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, subscribe and share. That is rate, which helps others find the show. Subscribe so you can get the latest and greatest episodes and share if you feel this information can benefit someone you know. If you would like personal Enneagram coaching, training for your organization or consulting, you can do that through my organization called Kaizen Careers. As Kaizen Careers, I use Enneagram as a tool to um, basically help in a variety of different ways so that coaches can be better, individuals can grow, and that teams can work like a well-oiled machine, just way better. So if you're looking for that, you can go to kaizencareers.com. You can contact me at Milton at kaizencareers.com or you can call 901-334-1644. We can get in contact and we can see if we can make things work. Also, thank you so much to all my Patreon supporters. They are now powering these episodes of the Enneagram. At least the hosting fee has been covered by them, but I'm still looking to get that full-time editor for the podcast to cover that. So I had set a goal for $100 and right now we're at 60. So a little bit more would help. That would be great. So thank you all my Patreon supporters and the future Patreon supporters. You can go to patreon.com forward slash do it for the gram. And that's where you're able to be a patron where you get exclusive content, you get discounts on merchandise, and you also get direct line to me and communication on there. And the last thing, if you go to do it for the gram podcast.com, and subscribe, you'll receive a free gift. It's a PDF of each number. You can also read a really good blog post of different numbers. The latest one is about Enneagram 8 as a kid. It is great. You'd be like, yeah, that's Enneagram 8 for sure. So that's super amazing. Check that out. And there's also merchandise on there as well. If you go to do it for the gram forward slash online dash store. So Enneagram 7s, when you catch yourself becoming overstimulated and now you are looking to be stimulated so now you are looking for something to do to distract yourself you're looking to go on this many trips and to fly here and to do that because you got uncomfortable with some emotions stop breathe become present and make a better choice and do it for the gram the enneagram of course we'll see you next time thanks for listening